Hello and welcome to another episode of Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. Have you downloaded and subscribed? You've got to download and subscribe. I'll wait. In the meantime, I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor and comedian, and I'm currently experiencing the sexual side effects of Lexapro. <laughs> okay, and I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a multicultural counselor and psychotherapist, and I really don't want to help Alec with that. <laughs> really? Do you? You're not on any. You're not on any meds at all. No, I'm not. No. Not right uh, okay. Now. It takes me a while now. Does Usually it? Usually I'm very responsive and I'm kind of like, okay, let's do, <laughs> we're done. Let's watch a movie. And yeah. now it's kind of like, um, this is, and, and I, and what happens is I, be, I become very self-conscious. So how do you know with taking the pill, how do you know that that's not something psychosomatic? You said you get in your head as opposed to it actually being a side effect of the medication. Um, because I've never, t- I usually don't take this long. And, and then, and then even when I'm, yeah, no. And when I take long, I feel like I'm holding up the party uh-huh. and then I get it in my head. Uh-huh. And and um, and then sometimes my husband will say to me, I don't care. Whether <laughs> I, just, I really don't care about you. Just, let's, just, just, let's just get this over with. <laughs> yeah. Just hold on to your ankles and shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, marriage, uh, uh, I've been married for 19 years. And today's uh, topic yes. is getting out of a rut. <laughs> What's the correlation here? I'm saying that if you be if you, in any long term relationship, there yeah. are ruts, yes. and I feel like with my husband and I, um, we find and lose each other all over again. We get caught up in work, we get caught up in raising our child, and then um, we'll go out on a date, or we'll go on a date trip, uh, and I'll go, "Oh, you're fucking funny," yeah. or "You're cute," or "I'll I'll have to." I'm not have to, but I will rediscover him all over again. Yeah. Well, that's just going to be really natural, no matter what, if it's a relationship or other things in life. And the first obvious step to it is being able to know it, right? Like to be able to identify mm-hmm. like, oh, it's happening. Cause sometimes it can be so gradual. You might not even be aware. So for you and your marriage, what are, what are kind of like indicators for you that something's up that maybe there's a bit I, of a I think, I think when we get stuck in a routine, when it's kind of like, um, uh, when we kind of lose enthusiasm, or be, for uh, uh, because we it's there's a lot of mundanity in a long term relationship. You know the things that make a relationship hot are newness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I know this person. I, I don't know this person. I don't know what's going to happen next. We're mm-hmm. we're discovering new things about each other. And when you've been together for as long as we have, I mean we're we're still discovering things about each other. But we do get stuck in routines, especially yeah. with a kid. Yeah. You know, because there there are things, there are routine things that have to be taken care of as far as he's concerned. But um, we do shake it up. Um, we uh, Wait, wait, wait. Are there telltale signs for you, though, that like when you're in a rut, when when you are kind of getting stuck? Like, how do you know that that's happening? What are the, what are the first signs for you? Usually I feel like I want to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Just as easy as that. <laughs> No, um, honey, what's, what are rut things? I guess, I guess when it's, when there's like, you know, what do you want for dinner? I don't care. I just don't care anymore. (laughs) When the, when the the enthusiasm wanes. It just feels stale. And when it it starts to feel stale. And so as a result, um, before COVID, my husband and I had a a standing date night every week that we kept. Well, we got out of the house, no talking about the kid. 
Mm-hmm. Let's go someplace nice mm-hmm. and have a whole lot of good food and booze. Yeah. And that usually made a huge difference. Yeah. And now, like uh, this morning, I, I have a, another job coming up. So I had to take another COVID test at Dodger Stadium. And just us being out of the house and taking a drive together yes. was radical. Totally. I did that yesterday because I went uh, just to go get a COVID test just because, you know, and uh, same thing. I just, I was outside, I was driving and it just felt like I came a little bit more to life. That's it. It's, it's a, like, oh, yeah. it's not the same four walls anymore. What kind of exactly. ruts do you get in? Do you get in professional ruts? Do you get in? You know what? I would say, honestly, uh, you know, I know that this is a time right now during COVID where a lot of people are getting to very specific ruts, you know, in very practical terms, people are losing their jobs. They don't have the same source of income. They're really struggling mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And um, for me, I've been, obviously I'm a therapist, so I've actually been having a lot more people reaching out to me. So work is, work that has been, be exhausting. Con- work has been consistent. It's been tiring, but it's been consistent. So I would say more for me, the, the rut is less of a practical thing and more of an emotional thing where mm. I've just been feeling like really heavy. I've been feeling more exhausted. I've been feeling just scared, right. honestly, for the state of the world. Mm-hmm. And I find that I just kind of get caught in this rut and I, you know, it's one thing to indulge a little bit in acknowledging the fears and, you know, talking about things that have been challenging, but I've kind of been overindulging in that. And I've been getting caught in this rut where I can feel the heaviness of of my own negativity, you know? And so I've been having to really pay attention to that and make a conscious effort to not, you know, speak as much about those things and get stuck. Yeah. And also kind of like really, you know, kind of play out a little bit more of abundance thoughts and things like that to make sure that I can kind of like catch a new groove find a better balance. What do you, what do you look like negative? Is he, are your arms crossed? Is your <laughs> mouth open? Are you like, hmm. I get a, I mean, I just get a little, um, yeah, I just kind of get like a little bit complainy. I get a little whiny. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. And I'll just kind of like bitch about maybe some of my friends, like, ah, he's being annoying or ah, he shouldn't do that. Or, ah. and you know, I just kind of get like that. And so <laughs> it's, it's not fucking cute. It's not cute. Cranky. Uh, yes. I get cranky. And so Maybe. I'm, snippy a little bit yes and so yeah. i've just you know i'm trying to dial that back uh and uh yeah, i'm doing okay <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah what about you besides relationship stuff well you know ruddy you know ruts are tough you know i'm a comedian so it's really really hard when you come up with like 45 minutes to an hour of a set that really really works yeah you know that you know that that becomes your like ammunition and when you come up with something that works it's really hard to break out of that. Yeah, it's really, for sure. It's really hard to like venture out. Like that's why I, you know, uh, Isaac Mizrahi, who is our guest yes, today. I'm so is. excited. We both perform in this um, uh, uh, comedy night called Uncabaret, where uh-huh. the 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 rule is uh, you're, it's storytelling first time out or last uh-huh. time out. Uh-huh. You can't do the same stuff over and over again. So it actually forces you to be creative and forces oh. you to come up with new stuff. And because it's an experimental venue, sometimes things work and sometimes things don't. <laughs> but in, you know, out in the trenches, if you're going to the laugh factory or if you're going to, you know, it's really hard to try out new stuff. Yeah. 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 I could see that. So obviously something that's like forcing it's there's something about just being forced to have to come up with something creative that yes. can help kind of like nudge you out of that. Yes. And yeah. also you know, cooking, I get in cooking ruts of like, I'm making the same thing over and over again. Cause it's just comfortable yeah. and, you know, just trying to break out. Cause like, I feel like if I make a, a, a dish and it's new and it's like, meh, 
I feel really disappointed <laughs> in myself. Totally. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. No, I kind of do the same thing too, whether it's with cooking or if it's, you know, maybe making content and videos about self-help kind of things for social media. It's like, I could kind of have this nice wave of things going on, right? Like I'm like really hitting my stride and I'm doing it well. And then when things are working well, it's like you kind of feel almost this pressure, like I need to keep doing it. I need to keep riding this wave, but nothing lasts forever. And uh-huh. so it can easily feel like, oh, I like need to take a break. And that to me can easily feel like a rut, right? Like it's kind of like, oh, okay, now I'm not doing anything. This isn't good. And even just being able to reframe that as a necessary break. As you're replenishing things. the well, yes. as you're kind of, yeah. Exactly. yeah you can't give what you don't have. Our guest today, I saw a documentary that he was a star of called Unzipped. Yes. And it was about what he went through. Did you see it? Oh, such a great movie. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it was terrifying because of the pressure that an artist whose work is so public and opens yeah. so much opinion. Oh, my God. And they have to come up with something new every season. I can't imagine. I don't The know. pressure must have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I can't think of a, a better segue. Yeah, I'm very excited for today's guest. He's the dazzling, creative, iconic fashion designer, Isaac Mizrahi. Over the last 30 years, he's also worked in the entertainment industry, of course, pivoting multiple times. He's an actor, writer, host, produced a documentary about himself called Unzipped, and an author. After his clothing line, he's most known for serving as a judge for seven seasons on Project Runway All-Stars. His memoir, I Am, was published last year, and he's directed productions for the Opera Theater in St. Louis. Oh my God, he's one of my favorite people. Please welcome the Renaissance Man of the Hour, Isaac Mizrahi. So am I like the, am I the Charles Nelson Riley of the Jews or something? Like seriously. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, wow. oh no, because he was she, she he was an opera director too, among his other fabulous oh. He was a theater director and an opera yeah, director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Charles. Did you ever see um the David Hockney Turandot that was in San Francisco? No, I saw a beautiful magic flute of David Hockney when I was a kid. It was inspiring, but yeah. was it great? The it was off. unbelievable. And I watched, ah. it, I watched it stoned. And that's when I became an opera fan because I was really absorbed by the music and the pageantry of it. It was just, right. and it was all in these huge, like red, red, gigantic red cycloramas and everything was just yeah. was gorgeous. Opera, darling. <laughs> I'm scared for opera. I'm scared. I'm scared for a lot of things. Aren't you? Like, the survival of opera, the survival of dance, the survival of theater. Yeah, Are you the thinking a lot arts. about that? Uh, exactly. Really. The performing arts. <laughs> no! You're like, you know, I just, yeah. I was trying to say this the other night on that show, on, on Cabaret. It's like, I used to go to the theater like three times a week, whether yeah. it was the ballet or the opera or, you know, something, some kind of theater. And like, you know, I haven't, I haven't just because it's been closed, obviously. And I don't know. I feel like my life is so different because of that, right? Mm -hmm. One, I sleep so much, which I never did before in my life. And I can't, I I see a direct correlation between, yes. Oh my God. Well, not so much. What are we talking about? Are you in bed by 10 and then up by 10 the next day? Hell no. I wish. No, that's like a, that's, that's like a lot of sleep. No, (laughs) no, I'm talking about, no, because I've been, I, I, for the most of my life, I've been a real sort of insomniac. Like I never really slept. And then I don't know, like for the, I would say for the past 10 years, that pattern has been changing. You know, I mean, I'm so old. I talk about 10 years at a chunk, you know, but (laughs) seriously, I mean, I got a dog, I got a dog 
uh, about 20 years ago. And I swear to God, like getting the dog helped. And then I met my husband and we were dating for a long time and that helped. Um, and by the way, I was listening to what Joel were talking about, about relationships and getting stale and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think Arnold and I go through the opposite of that, where we become estranged. I'm not kidding. Cause we have such separate lives. We live in the same apartment uh-huh. and we live in the same house in Bridgehampton, but we have totally separate bedrooms. We rarely, like, I'm not kidding. It's like, I called him today to see if he wanted to have dinner with me on Tuesday. Like, it's a crazy (laughs) thing, you know? Uh I'm not kidding. And I think that's like, you know, and sometimes I think maybe we're not as intimate as couples that, you know, like sort of sleep together. Or first of all, the insomnia always prohibited me to sleep with like anybody. Oh, Can you sleep with somebody in the bed next to you? I feel like I can't unless there's somebody in the bed next to me. Well, you're... Fantastic, because I'm telling you, you are fantastic. I mean, you know, when we travel together, if we go to like, you know, Europe or something, or we go away to California, we usually share a hotel room, you know, and Mm -hmm. that is like, whoa. And by the third or fourth night, it gets a little easier, but forget about it. I mean, he he like, he falls asleep like that and he snores Um, and it's like, what? Here I am. It just makes me angry. That's all. I feel angry. Do you share beds in the hotel room or do you get like two queens? Yeah. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's oh, what I'm okay. talking about. No, got it. The two queens share one. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm usually pretty good, actually. Either way, I, I prefer sleeping alone, and I do that thing where I kind of like put all oh, yeah. the pillows around me, like it's a big like you, so I can like cuddle and sleep. Yes, yeah, so you I can pretend that. to be cuddling with a person, right? exactly. But Except it's not it's a hot not a body person. that moves, exactly, yeah. and it's not a breathing, <laughs> snoring, yeah. crazy thing, exactly. Oh, uh, what. Isaac, how long have you guys been together? Well, we met in 2001. And we we met then and we sort of, we were dating on and off for about 10 years. And then in 2011, we got married. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We got married for, so that's going to be 10 years into 2021. November 30th, 2021 will be ah. our 10th wedding anniversary. Oh, and wow. June 20 something will be our 20th meeting anniversary or no oh, yeah amazing. our tw- 10th anniversary 20th yeah exactly it's crazy did you guys start out with separate rooms and that just lasted the entire time or was there a certain well, point that that happened no darling we started out with separate apartments of course <laughs> yes actually no 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 he moved he he was moving back from la and so he was staying i forgot where he had a small apartment and he decided we both decided it would maybe be smart if he tried to move in and so he moved in and that time i had a small one bedroom apartment mm-hmm. um, and it really didn't work. So we broke up and then he, and so we broke up, but we were still, um, you know, sort of like friends and we were in touch and stuff. Um, but the point is that uh, we then kind of, when we came back together, he had his own apartment and for years we were living in separate apartments Um I think that's actually the secret to a a, a, a great relationship. If you could each have, you know, yeah, it would be kind of fun if my husband I and I lived next door to each other. So we're talking about ruts. And I was talking yeah. just before you came on, uh, when I saw Unzipped, it was like a, a, a really like a, a suspense movie for me. And I don't know how you lived under that kind of pressure for so long. How did you manage? Well, you know, um, I was, I'm used to, I, I love, I do nothing but work. 
you know? Mm -hmm. And by the way, going back to the relationship, my work is the most important thing in my life. You know, I mean, I'm obsessed with that movie called The Red Shoes. Do you know The Mm -hmm. Red Shoes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's this, yeah. I mean, I'm obsessed with it because, you know, it's, I think a lot of artists feel that they're choosing between, you know, like work and amour, you know? That's what that movie's about? Yeah, it's about a ballerina who can't stop dancing. Yeah. Uh, Have you never seen it? I haven't seen it. Matthew? Yes. I'm going to ask to see your like gay card. You've never <laughs> seen the red shoes. Are you serious? It's maybe it's, it's like my top five movies. Oh, then I'm going to have I'm to put kidding. it on the queue. Like yeah, okay. next to Rosemary's baby. I think like uh, it's okay. on the same level. Oh, but anyway, Rosemary's um, baby. But wait a minute. So I was going to say that, you know, like you get used to that. You get, I never thought about anything else. It was a pleasure for me to think so much about that. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I got, bored with it because I grew up and suddenly it just wasn't that important to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love clothes. I will always love clothes, but this whole thing with like fashion and editors and, 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 and editorials and people liking or not liking, it doesn't matter. Like I, I I'm almost embarrassed to think that I was involved mm. with an industry like, you know, that can be so kind of I don't know. Just the just the fact that they coined the phrase heroin chic. It's like, oh, that, that's you know what yeah, I mean? I remember when right. that happened and I thought, oh no, 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 I can't, I can't do this anymore, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, and that's funny, but it's also like ironic because I don't I don't I don't agree with that. And and you have to. You have to agree with you know, you have to be uh-huh. in it or be iconoclastic, which sometimes I was. I don't know. It's very, very complicated. Very yeah. complicated. But to say that I loved it. And I loved doing it. I was always active and doing something and thinking and going, no, 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 darling, shorter, no, tall. I mean, it was crazy. It was like some fict- f- fictional character, right? Yeah. Yeah, I could. I was going to say that I could see that too. Um, and even if it's not specifically, you know, kind of like the fashion industry, I think anybody can really relate to the idea of throwing yourself into work, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that kind of becomes not just kind of like one significant part of your life, but almost like the dominant one. Um, so yeah. like, was, was it specifically just the heroin chic comment or was, what was it specifically that had you realized maybe the scales was, were shipped a little? Like, you know, it was just, it's the whole way the fashion industry, I, I just, it's like, I, I discovered it very late. I, I'm, I'm really, really clever about certain things. And then I'm really not so clever about other things, you know, <laughs> it sort of dawned on me that it, I was trying to make like couture clothes, like luxury clothes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed like, most designers didn't really do that. They made clothes and then they made deals with stores to sell them at different prices. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it was more like a real estate and retail game than it was a thinking about beautiful women and beautiful clothes and beautiful men and beautiful others. You know what I mean? It wasn't about that so much. And it was supposed, you can't, you can't live that way. Do you think it's at all possible to do both? And is there anybody doing both right now? Um, no, 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 I don't think it's possible to do both. I mean, you know, in the old days in Paris, if you had a salon and a couturier, yes. Mm. You know. <laughs> but now, I, I, I mean, can you think of any single person? I mean, I like what things look like. There are certain things I like, you know. I love Prada. I think it looks, I, it still looks good. I don't know what they're doing. I yeah. think Marc Jacobs looks really good. I love like what I see at Valentino. It's so good, but... You know, they do have these giant behemoths that just make real estate deals and retail deals and markdown deals and all that stuff. That's what it's all about, you know? Yeah. And you and, wonder um, about that part of thing. 
Well, I, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. So it was like that kind of coupled Mm -hmm. with this crazy thing where I just didn't care so much. And I was thinking like, yeah, like this is like five women at Bergdorf Goodman who finally balanced their medications and can finally <laughs> show up at a trunk show <laughs> and, you know, buy 20, 20 dresses that are each 10,000. I mean, who care? You know, it's like, it's such a minuscule little yeah. fetishy thing, you know? Yeah. And what I do now is I think it's more interesting in a way, at least in the fashion business, because, you know, I make t-shirts that we, you know, there are like, we sell like hundreds of thousands of these t-shirts because they're great. And we work everything out like the armholes and the fabric Mm -hmm. and the color and the neckline, you know, I mean, it's really not, it's not easy, but then it's so easy for the, the, you know, the customers. So I I mean, it's just a different thing. (laughs) I knew you would. would. (laughs) Did you ever have a fragrance? I heard that that was like the huge moneymaker for everybody was the fragrance. No, no, I never had. No? I had a fragrance recently, and it was pretty good. It was a thing that I made for QVC, but no, I never really had a fragrance. I was supposed to have a fragrance, and then it got not done. Yeah. I think that was like that was the day that like it's that that like it just kind of like the whole thing just was like over. Yeah. For me, you know, but I yeah. love that too. And I think that's exactly what we're talking about today, which is getting out of a rut. And even for you, when you're talking about yeah. things that have gone on in the evolution of just your professional game, how you're showing up really realizing what the intention was, that the intention is for you to hone in and focus on the very specific things that actually interest you, make you come alive, and then follow that as opposed to trying to do the business game and please others and have something to show for things. And also, you know, this idea, I'll tell you something, like I, I, I wrote a book, I wrote a memoir called I Am, and there's pages about like how I leave parties very early. It's just an instinct I have. I can't stand things that take too long. <laughs> I have terrible problems with impatience and boredom. Like I can't be bored. And you ask my husband, you ask anyone who really knows me, I don't care if someone is a rat think but if they're clever i love them i just mm-hmm. think it's so fun having dinner with people because they're not boring you know mm-hmm. i don't care how nice you are as long as you can make a great case at dinner you know uh-huh. and as long as dinner doesn't take longer than an hour and 15 by the way you know <laughs> and so no i, I mean it's like i wrote I, I wrote pages about that and how like i would stop things way before it was time for me to stop them only because i felt like I felt I can feel the boredom coming on. I think maybe because as a kid, I was like, you know, kind of, I had a really shitty child. I had a shitty childhood. I mean, it was mm. a yeah, shit show in my childhood. Oof. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm. And so I guard against, I guard against that, that being kept in this little place and not being able to, you know, it's, and I equate it to boredom. I, I, well, I you know, the it. gesture that you just made now, it, it, it seemed like you were, uh, you're trapped. Like you're yeah. Yeah. trapped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you, what do you, hold on, what do you, what do you think I'm that sorry, is? Man, like you ahead. said, no, you said that you were, you know, protecting yourself, you're guarding yourself. And I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people throw on that label of boredom, right? Like, oh, I'm just bored, I'm bored. When it can right. actually be a different thing of a fear of whatever you imagine that space to be. So if things were to have a lull, what do you think is the thing that you're protecting yourself from? Um, well, you know, uh, 
if you're expecting me to say like, you know, sort of actually seeing myself, I can't, I can't oblige you because I mean, also I've been in therapy since I'm in first grade. So yeah. literally since first grade till now. Okay. Yeah. I've literally been in therapy till now. I love it. So it's like, so I don't really think I don't look at my inner self. I just think I don't like to be, I don't know what it is. I don't like to be held back. I hate being held back. I think because in my early childhood, I was so held back uh -huh. in this crazy yeshiva where people, you know, it's like, and, and I just, I, that, that's the thing that I hate about like the political scene right now. It's like, we're being held back by all yeah. these like dumb people in class mm -hmm. that won't right. let the country progress, you know? Yeah. And so, well, I mean, among other things, and please let's not go down the, that rabbit hole on this show. Sure. My question for you is, has there ever been an event or a dinner party or anything that, that made you linger? that made you want to stick around, that made you curious, like, I want to stay with this just a little longer to see what happens. I'll tell you, when I was 13, I started high school. I think that's the age you start high school, right? Mm -hmm. And I went from Yeshiva of Flappish, this crazy sort of Hasidic school, right, to Performing Arts High School on 47th Street in New York oh, City. And same. it was a crazy, crazy kind of culture shock. And it took me at least a year and a half to sort of like go, what, you know, like life isn't horrible. Like it was amazing. It was like yeah, this kind yeah. of renaissance for me. And I made friendships there, right? Like with people that I still keep in touch with that mm -hmm. I love so much. And I'm not, they're not the closest friends anymore. I mean, we were close, close friends, but they're just old friends, right? Mm -hmm. And we sometimes hold these sort of, uh, kind of dinners and um, and not reunions, darling. Hell no, no reunions. I have a policy. I don't go to reunions, but uh -huh. I will go to dinner with, you know, six of these people, right? At a time we go to like Joe Allen or something, or we go to okay, you know, someplace fun. in the theater district because performing arts used to be there and we were always in the theater. District, so we used to go. So we go to these places and we sit there and like, I swear to you, like, first of all, I recognize at those dinners how incredibly quickly I want to leave places. Like uh -huh. I go, okay, stop. Like I want to, okay, could you order, please? Could you order? Hey, everybody, could you please order? You know, the world's not like, moving fast enough for stuff. you. I know, I know. But then I kind of love them and I love getting into it. And I really just love being with them. And when I go to those dinners, I think, you know what? Relax. You know, like have another yeah. drink and like sit here and just listen and talk, you know, it's yeah. a great thing. I think yeah. that's, I think that's great. And also obviously just the thinking, right? Like realizing how much you're rushing things, making that change. And I also think that it's so helpful, you know, as maybe you would relate to having been in therapy since first grade, giving a context, you know, and for you, like you said, it makes sense because growing up, obviously you felt really restricted, held back, maybe just <gasps> being exactly who you are. Yeah. So anything that feels like it drags can easily trigger that stuff. And so giving a context mm -hmm. and recognizing like, okay, this isn't that. Like mom and dad aren't holding me back right now. I'm just at a dinner with friends. Oh, sure. Let me dial it back and dial in. Well, sure. Well, sure. But I have to tell you mostly, you know, if you're sitting in traffic, it's just a drag, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Or if you're, if you're in a, or if you're in a terrible play, it's just a drag. Well, yeah. how do you direct operas? Those are like three hours, four hours long. I know. I know. And I tell you, it, it's, 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 it takes a, and I, it's amazing to me. It's, you know, of course, because by the way, you asked when I can stay longer, you know, like, yeah. I'm not kidding. Like at great, a great play or a great opera or a great show, yeah. I could stay all night. Angels you know? in America. Each oh, part is like darling, four hours long. And I, I couldn't get enough there. of that. 
yeah. I couldn't get enough of that. I could have stayed all night. Mm-hmm. I could have stayed all night of that. Amazing. Show. It was the best play in the entire world. I'm yeah. talking about the original, the original play. Steven Spinella. Yes, I never, yes, I never yeah. saw. Yes, I never saw the. I never because I thought, don't go near it. You've done it. You've seen that play. That's enough. Mm-hmm. But um, but but yeah, and um, and so like I'm not kidding, and especially as a theater director. You know, I go much faster. You have to do that much faster, or we have to think of something else because it's so dull when you just do when you just you know. Or, of course, something that takes forever is the opposite to me of dull. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. something that is so long mm-hmm. and so behemoth and so like I'm in the middle of the Proust, the seven books of um, uh, looking for lost time. Holy cow! And it is I can't get I can't tell you how much I I literally. And I'm taking a break. I, I just finished with book five at or book four. And I'm about to start book five. And I'm like, now it's like taking on this kind of thing. Like, of course, you're at book one, two, you go, yeah, three. Yeah, but now this has become your life getting through and, these poems. Well, they're inc- and they're so beautiful, mm-hmm. Alec Mappa. They are so beautiful, you would uh, die. Okay. All right. I'm going on Amazon. Anyway, right after and, this. And, and they're so long and they're so crazy. And there's so and so many duchesses and so many horrible fabulous backstabbing bitchy it's beyond <laughs> i love it so much but <laughs> so the extremes either either it has to be like really quick or just take an eternity but there's no in or it just has to be darling no there's only in between i mean like you know the other thing that i'm obsessed with is the, is, is the gilmore girls but <laughs> watching that well and that's I'm almost towards the end what? That's short no. attention span theater. They never stop talking. So oh, it, my God, they never <laughs> stop talking. Also, they never, it's like you, she has another boyfriend. They both have so many cute boyfriends, right? <laughs> and by the way, it is the whitest, sh- like are there, the only black person on that whole show is like yeah. some crazy French guy who works. I mean, yeah. no, that's Downton Abbey is the whitest show ever. That oh, is okay. All right. All right. That's all right. like yes, snow right, blindness. Right. But that's, darling, but that's a period thing. I mean, you know, they're just telling the story about those particular peers. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, you know, come on, there have to be some Black people in Connecticut. (laughs) In 2000 or whenever. Yeah, there was diversity there. Yeah. Yeah, there might have just been a few black people. Yeah, exactly. So you're designing jewelry. Is this your jewelry around your neck right now? This, this yes, it is. I, you know, I do. I do a complete line for QVC. I do clothes and jewelry and accessories, and I love it. It's great because it's yes. I just like what's, the what's, what's, what's the what are the buzzwords with jewelry right now? Your own jewelry. What's what's the story? What's um, what's the narrative? Size, size mm-hmm. matters. Oh, yeah. And also, there's a kind of like a kind of. You had me at size. <laughs> exactly. You had me at. Don't finish that word. Right. Well, size. But actually, you don't know this, Matthew, but Alec and I share like porn. He uh. sends me pictures all day long. And I sent him. I'm not I surprised by that. I thought I could maybe compete with you, but there is, I think you have, I you have it, Isaac Mizrahi. You have I- beat me. Yes, darling. You have, <laughs> you have actually outdone me. We you text have. each other every day at some point. <laughs> I know it's some massive, massive. <laughs> it's bananas. Picture so size of is that like like size. big like Mrs. Roper pieces? What are we like talking big about? Big chunky. Yes, yes, absolutely, Mrs. Roper pieces. Yes, and also like um, bohemian looking, like big giant stones, and you know, kind of rough looking. You know, like big kind of uncut. <laughs> okay, well, we have to stop <laughs> this now. You asked, but. Big right. uncut stones with a gold vein going down the middle. Of the <laughs> I, this is interesting to Vaining. me because I'm going out to Palm Springs quite a bit, uh, and and I love being in a caftan. 
like Endora from Bewitched mm -hmm. yes. with, like, with like a big crystal stone and amethyst. <laughs> like, I think that's going to be, that's, that's the fashion story that I'm heading towards in my sixties. It never goes wrong. It never goes wrong. That can, you can never be wrong. You know, pair that with like a, a, a big wig and you're finished. I mean, you just it's too wig hot in the desert for a wig. I know. Well, that's a problem. That's always been a problem. <laughs> Especially maybe if you fall. wear pancake maybe, makeup. Maybe a ponytail, <laughs> like those Chrissy ponytails that come out of the top of my head, down the bottom. No, no, you know, I was never into that. I was never into that look, frankly. Maybe a pussycat, maybe a tiny little pussycat wig or something. <laughs> Isaac, what's been, what's been your most recent fashion rut that you had to get out of? You know what? Um, that's one thing about me. I wear the same thing for the past, you know, my entire life, which is black, either a black uh -huh. polo shirt or a black t-shirt. And I haven't, I have them made in this crazy fabric that I really like. And that's oh, okay. it. And I have hundreds of, you know, like 20 and 30 and they get old. And I just, you know, just kind of change the cycle and these pants that I wear all the time. And that's it. And a prayer jacket. And then I have suits made, which is so weird because I don't know, I wear suits to perform and I wear suits. Like I used to wear suits on TV sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, and now, I mean, I just got three summer suits. Like they were finally delivered in October, which is hilarious. From this oh, one okay. They're gorgeous. I just, you know, we'll be wearing them until next summer. What are the pants? What are these pants that you speak of? Well, I have these, I make these like pull-on pants. They're just like okay. elastic waist pants because I'm like some crazy old aunt that wears pull-on <laughs> elastic, elastic waist pants. And is there a shoe story? <laughs> Are you wearing like a casual loafer? Well, usually I, well, I mean, I have shoes from, I can't even tell you so many incredible shoes, like, you know, couture shoes from John Loeb and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and Belgian loafers I have walls full of Belgian loafers. But, and I wear those again, like on stage or like on TV or something. But when I'm just in my life, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I wear, I wear sneakers and I wear mm -hmm. flip-flops because my back sucks and I have to walk a lot and get around a lot. And I think they're also chic. I mean, they look chic, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no Tevas? Tevas are not in the cycle? What's a Teva? Teva are like the same. They're kind of like the old dad sandals. They kind of like wrap around. Kind of cool. It's a sandal cool with the kids now. I'm not going to show you my foot, but this is the shoe. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. A, a slide. slide. A slide. slide. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes, sorry. And I, I usually pedicure my toes, but I haven't since March, which is, uh, you have to see them. I mean, you can't see them, but I will, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait another month or two and go to the, go to the salon and get my nails there done. There you go. Okay. Circling back to, um, you, you're being afraid that things are over, that it's the end of live performance. I've kind of been taking a, a big kind of Google earth view of that. I don't think it's gone forever. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I don't think it's, I, I'm not afraid that it's over because I think, at the end, there's going to be a renaissance. Forget about it being over. It's going uh -huh. to be reinvented and yeah. even more vibrant and beautiful than it ever was. But I, I'm just afraid of some institutions, of losing certain institutions. Yeah. Like, you know, like the Met. You know, they're in real trouble, darling. That opera company is in bad. They were in bad trouble before the, before the yeah. pandemic. Um, and also, you know, those beautiful old theaters in the in, in midtown Manhattan, like that we refer to as Broadway, all those right. gorgeous yeah. old houses. Beautiful. And and I just think, like, I wonder what's going to happen to those spaces. But then I think, you know, like, 
they're going to redo the entire Hudson Yards to become yeah. like artist residences because who the hell cares about retail? You know, really, totally. Neiman Marcus? I think you just said it right there too, which is like the perfect way of coping with stuff because it's easy for us to get in ruts. That's always going to happen. Life is always going to ebb and flow no matter what the circumstance or situation. And it can be really hard because when we're in a rut, when we hit a snag, there is it's so easy for that fear to get triggered for us about like, what does this mean? Is Are things not going to be okay? Will we not be able to, you know, figure things out? But like you said, even in the absence of knowing for sure, you can choose to think about actually how it might be a really positive thing, that it can be a renaissance, that everything can evolve, but in like this really cool next level way. I'm going to go right. with renaissance because I think after this, people are going to be so hungry for it. We're going to yep. be so hungry for color and story and yeah. I think, you know, and myth and, yeah. and it's like, I don't think that goes away. I don't think the hunger for that goes away. No. In fact, we've oh, had no. everything taken away from us and we've been living two-dimensionally. We've been living yeah. with the screens. I think we're going to yeah. want to see live things. We're going to want to see yes. actors act and singers sing and dancers. Creativity. Porn. 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 It's never going to go away. Well, no, because. because I'm going to so text you five minutes from porn. now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but I mean, the thing is like, you know, I mean, unless you believe that it's, unless you're some crazy person, you believe this is the end of the world, right? Mm -hmm. There's never been a time ever, like even now where art wasn't a major, major giant kind of motivating factor ever. Right. Even, right. you know, because I know that this is like a very strange astrological time for the world. Like we haven't had planets like this, according to my astrologer, for like 4,000 years. And then it was like, I think it was like the time of Martin Luther, which was like, what, the 16th century or something like that? This is all that? the planets and, doing? This is, this is a misalignment of some kind? No, it, yeah, it's just like a Pluto us? thing. There's a Pluto thing that's really never been seen before, yeah. or it hasn't been seen since like the Iron Age or something. So the, the planet is in this process of like completely reshifting itself. Mm -hmm. And this person tells me, you know, we're not going to really feel the end of it until the summer. You know, and I believe that. And it's not even going to feel like the end. It's just going to feel like this kind of morphing into the new world. Like you can start feeling a little bit better about stuff. But I have to say that, you know, um, like I, 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 the hardest part of it is not knowing, dealing with something that you don't know. I mean, yes. that's, you know, because especially Alec, you understand this, right? Matthew, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, as a professional person who's worked your whole life and kept a schedule and kept a schedule book mm -hmm. and like has an assistant or several people that you work with or whatever it is, and there's a structure to your life and you have to be a certain place at a certain time, you have to be blah, blah, right? And then suddenly this, and it's like, nobody knows, right? Like things have just been completely mm -hmm. canceled right. and reshifted. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that, I mean, unless you're a person who believes in the revenant or something, or like, I don't know what, like the end of the world and the coming of the, of the, of the, of the Messiah, mm -hmm. which I don't believe in that, mm -hmm. you know, you have to believe in the next beat. And by the way, that could mean like an earth where there's no more people or something, but I mm -hmm. don't care as long as another beat and there's art, you know, there's yeah. gotta be mm -hmm. art. I always feel like, you know, the earth's going to be fine with or without us. <laughs> it's going to heal totally. itself. You know, it's yes, just, it is. Yeah. we're the ones, we're the ones in peril. And on that yep. note, it's been delightful speaking. <laughs> Are we finished? Oh God. I, know. <laughs> I don't want you to feel trapped. Um, but I do. <laughs> I don't, he's, he's bored. Let's move along. Um, oh, no, I'm I'll sorry have the about Caesar that. salad and um, <laughs> some um, uh, Isaac, you're like on so many different things. Just really quickly, where can people find you on, on media? You're on QVC. 
When's that happen? When does that but happen? Also, I'm on every Friday at 1 p.m. and 9 p.m. And I'm on on Mondays a lot too. But you could look for me on my Instagram page, which is yes. I wait, what is it? Oh, it's I am Isaac Mizrahi. I am my initials mm-hmm. Isaac Mizrahi. One word. I am Isaac Mizrahi. And your biography is autobiography is available on the Amazon. I am. That's right. That's, That's right. right. Oh, mm-hmm. Isaac, thank you so much for, for well, being, you're my you, favorite, Alex. you're, you're my favorite porn pal, um, yeah. <laughs> among other things. Wait, real quick, Isaac, every, t- we, we end every show with a hot message of the day. So if you had to say what your hot message is for anybody that might feel like that they're in a rut, what would that be? Well, I'm going to give you a different message. Okay. Cause, and yes, it is about being in this rut, mm-hmm. this panicked kind of rut because we're so panicked and I, and and I, I honestly, I feel like I am trapped in a rut by this feeling of gloom and doom. And today I listened to the most depressing thing on NPR, that guy who wrote that article about the voter tampering called like the election that might break America or something Mm. for the Atlantic. Did you hear about this? Anyway, so Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it was so depressing. And I thought, no, you know what? Like, I'm just going to say this, like, it's a very simple thought, like, don't be sad. Don't be sad. Don't give in. Don't be, um, what's the word? Defeated. Just Mm. calm down, breathe, do your job, (laughs) smile, boom, share Mm. porn. Order your food quickly so I can get out of here. Isaac, thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you. Thank you. He's one of my favorite people. Uh, Matthew, what is your hot message for the day? My hot message, I think, would be, especially when we're talking about being in a rut, is to just check in with how you're feeling first. There's bound to be all kinds of things, exhaustion, fear, sadness, maybe even hopelessness. Those things are normal things to feel and they're okay. Um, So to check in with that, normalize that first, And then also be able to temper in more of what you know, right? Like be able to do some reality testing, look back, when have you never, you know, not been okay. And Mm -hmm. just to look forward and know that things will inevitably figure themselves out, even if you can't specifically put your finger on how, and allow that to carry you through. So to reframe it, reframe it. This is an opportunity. This is happening for me, not to me. And that way we can take the lesson. I love when you say that. Uh, What's your hot message? For me, not to me. Um, Well, I think a lot of, on on that same note, I think that a rut is kind of like part of it. A rut is part of life. Yes. And uh, the only thing you can count on is change. It's not going to be forever. And I know that sometimes when I'm in a rut, the one thing I can do that actually works Mm -hmm. is not resist it. Yes, lean in. Ride that wave until you land back on shore. Yes, just be in it and know that it's not going to be forever, even though it feels like it, but just kind of be in it. Matthew, where can folks find you on the social media? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MJ Dempsey Psych and Matthew J. Dempsey Psychotherapy on Facebook. Mm, find him on social media. You'll be glad you did. You can find me <laughs> at Alec Moffa, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also find us both at the Hot Mess Pod yes. on Twitter and Instagram. Don't yes. forget to subscribe and download our, our, our lovely podcast. We have amazing guests week after yeah, week. Yeah, really great ones. So much fun. Yeah. And we're so grateful that you chose to spend your podcast time with us. We'll see you next week for more Hot Mess Fun. Bye, everybody. 
This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.